This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. and welcome to this week's episode of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gary is with me as ever. How are you? Amusingly enough, I'm dancing to a theme tune that the listeners have just heard that I have not heard really since we recorded it. Oh, fair And yet enough. in my head, I could hear the theme tune going off before your voice came in. That's, it means you're an institution <laughs> now, Ben. That's that's a worrying sign. That is, um, of course, it is. It is a theme tune that is soon to be replaced. I've not forgotten about it. I've yeah. You clearly have because not, it's now November. No, and I, I send you the files no, over in July. I haven't forgotten about it. I've just been busy. That's that's my excuse. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it. Well, I think now we have to keep this theme tune, uh, and and we can't say too much right now. But I think we have to keep it up until a really exciting event that we've got coming up soon, uh, and yes. use the theme tune as as intro music to that event. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll. Uh, don't want to give anything away, but I'm I'm proper excited for it. Uh, hopefully, it all uh, it does it all come off and everything. But uh, there's, there's a there's yeah, a teaser. We... We'll just move on now, and everyone will be going. What's the exciting event? And and all we can say is that it's going to be unprecedented uh, in Lincoln City history. I mean, you 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 are really overselling it at that point. Wait, has it ever been done before? Well, no, that's very true. Okay, so that's what <laughs> unprecedented means, isn't it? There's no precedent. So there you go, readers. Yeah. Every day's a school day. It is indeed right. So, shall we? Uh, let, let's get into uh, let's get into the match. Um, straight in off. there, like a good straight porn in. movie. You no, know, hanging about. We're straight into the action. I wouldn't know. I'm a good boy. Um, I mean, I was a teenager with the internet. Of course, I know what you're on about. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the the Ipswich game first off. Um, and it was a game that uh, it, it really sort of swung on. On two moments, didn't it? Um, the we managed to get a goal, um, and then it was the uh, as soon as we as soon as the penalty was missed, I, I turned to my mate and I said, "Yeah, it's you watch. We'll we'll concede later on, and this will be uh, this will be another draw in the in the column." But I wasn't too bothered about that in the end because it's uh, you know by all accounts it was a, a really good game. We sounded like it was proper 
end-to-end stuff, you know, to use the phrase a proper cup tie um, would have been doing it justice. Um, and it sounded really like we were, it, it could have gone either way at some points, but we were in the ascendancy in the first half and Ipswich came back at us in the second. Did you say that's about right? Yeah. Do you know, it, it stung me and, and we're going to talk about two games tonight, which have just been so strange because normally football is really cut and dry. Um, win, yay, lose, boo. And, and yet both of these games have kind of have, have defied that. Um, yeah. you're going into the Ipswich game and anyone that listened to us last week will know that I didn't give us a hope in hell. Um, whether we fielded a, a weakened side, which I think would have been incredibly disrespectful um, to the FA Cup and to any opponent that you face, uh, or whether we put our full first team out against what I expected to be a strong Ipswich side. I mean, you know, I thought Ipswich with no game this weekend, with just the check or the EFL trophy uh, in midweek, I thought that they would have given some senior players exp- uh, a run out. They've got no need to protect anybody. Um, so when the two teams came out and, and, you know, we were clearly going for it and they it were a little insulting, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I thought, I thought mm, we, might have a, we might have a chance here. Uh, and then maybe I'm going a little bit too far. I played them off the park for 45 minutes. You know, we got our goal, classic Tyler Walker poachers goal, just making that run again. Um, some really good individual performances uh, all over the field and, you just, you know, as the game went on through the first half, just got that feeling like this is it. This is Michael Appleton's Lincoln. Now it's coming together. And all, you know, we've been criticised for being wasteful, and at Wimbledon we were wasteful to a degree. Um, I didn't think we were as wasteful against Ipswich, and I know people will say, "Well, you know, we still missed chances. We still should have been dead and uh, we, they should have still been dead and buried." Yes, they should. Um, we should have had a penalty in in the you know the first couple of minutes. We didn't get it. You know you you, mm-hmm. you don't hang on these things. But I just I, I was so happy. I was so happy at half time. I just thought that you know we've, we've we've performed so well. And if this Ipswich side is going to come out like they did, and they had some good players, but you know Will Keane was was completely anonymous. Um, and when you're playing one up top and your main striker's anonymous, it's it's like going into battle with a sword with the end clipped off, you know, with no pointy bit to stick them with. And, and that was the best way to to look at Ipswich. Lots of passing, lots of, you know, niceness in the in the third of the field where it really didn't matter, but nothing in the final third. And, you know, no matter how much people want to criticise Lincoln of late, and, you know, I, I, I stand by my article that, that I did with Chris Moises defending the manager because people have been critical and, you know, I have heard it and it isn't just the odd person on social media. And no matter how much these people want to be critical, um, we're not far away. And that was evident mm. because that Ipswich Town team was still a very strong-looking side. Um, you know, and Ciala was championship level last year. The boy, uh, Kenlock, I think, was championship. James Wilson, we know, is a decent player. Emma Hughes is, is immensely talented. Will Keane came from Manchester United. This was a good, a decent Ipswich side. Um, and we came out in the second half and we weathered the storm, which, again, you know, people say, oh, you know, we get one up and then we collapse. We got one up, we didn't collapse. Not, mm. well, we did uh, eventually, but we didn't collapse in the first, you know, 15 minutes or so of the second half. Uh, and then I actually mm. think the, I said in the Sunderland game that 
missing a penalty can be as good as a goal for an opponent. And I praised how we bounced back after missing the Sunderland penalty. Um, mm. And unfortunately, you know, we, we didn't bounce back after missing this one, did we? No. No, it um, it did sound a little bit. As I say, as soon as uh, as soon as it uh, sort of came back and he, he he put the rebound wide, I thought, yeah. As I said, but turned to turned to my mate and went, "This is not going to be uh, it's not going to be our day, unfortunately." But you know, it's um, as Erd said at the end of the game when he was uh, he was talking to I think he was talking to Rob on on Radio Lincolnshire, and he said, "You know, it's um, it it these things happen. You see people miss." penalties in games every week and ultimately it's how you know it's how they respond to it how they pick themselves up and how they deal with it and um i've got i've got no doubt in my mind that it's not going to affect you know, it's not going to affect tyler too much i think he'll be uh he'll be eager to to get back and and prove himself and say yeah all right yeah i did screw that one up i did miss a penalty but we're still in the hat for the draw you know we're still we're still gonna be able to, to bring it switch back to the bank and uh and see what happens. So, yeah, I think I don't think it's the miss. For me, it wasn't about how it affects Tyler because I don't think it does. He proved that against Sunderland. He missed a penalty and he scored five minutes later. He missed the one on Saturday. He scored last night. I, I, I don't think to be a good striker, you've got to be cocky and you've got to have a, a certain degree of self confidence. And I see that in the way Tyler plays. Um, you know, he missed a penalty for Mansfield in the penalty shootout, meant that they got knocked out by Newport. Um, in the playoffs and it didn't affect him first few games that he was with us so that wasn't my issue the issue is you miss a penalty at Accrington Stanley and a thousand fans say you're one nil up and you miss that penalty and their thousand fans kind of cheer and try and lift the mood doesn't have the same effect you miss a penalty at at Portman Road and suddenly you've got 10,000 fans cheering like it's a goal that can change the atmosphere it can change the game and I think that that's cru- that was what was crucial. I think that was the the the, the kind of the, the the reason the missing the penalty was was so important. It wasn't the fact we didn't get a goal, although if we had got it, we kill the game off. But it's the fact that it buoyed them even more. They'd, we'd ridden a storm to a degree, mm. and you know if they let's say we don't get the penalty, so it's still one nil. They're getting more and more frustrated, and we're getting more and more resilient. But miss that penalty. Fans turn, and what was it? Three minutes, four minutes, yeah. And even then, you know, the goal. We talk about how we've conceded weak goals, and from that, it, it's going to sound really bitter, but that's a fluke goal. He's hit. Mm. I don't care what anyone says. He's hit across, and he's drifted yeah. in past the keeper. You know, Josh is looking at it. I'm, I'm not going to blame the keeper. It's, it's just one of those goals where you just go, "Oh, for f- sake!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Then we showed resilience because then we're like, well, we were one nil up here. We were dominating it. Okay, a draw might not be enough to to send us through to the second round without a replay, but I'm damn sure we're not going to lose. And we saw some big performances in the last 10 minutes. Um, And for me, I've been saying it on the podcast ever since Michael Appleton arrived. We're not far away. And you saw it again in the final 10 minutes against Ipswich, you know, we're not far away from being a decent side at this level. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's where it's where we have this conversation. You know, we say it's a case of giving him time. It's a case of sitting there and and not not immediately expecting teams to roll over for us because we're Lincoln City, and it's 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 a different league. Um, I, I think I said this exact thing last week. You know, it's, it is a different league. It's a different. Um, 
it's well it's a different set of circumstances and we've obviously as uh, as chris moise uh, chris moise has said in your um in, in the piece that you did with him he's playing with another man's cards and that is it's the perfect um it's the perfect way to look at it and we've said it as much on here as well um it, you know give him at least one transfer window so he can bring people in that he knows and that he wants to he knows can play in his style like at the moment he's he's molding it you know he's molding it into um he's molding the team into his own image or you know his own style but when he can get something that's when he can get a player or two that he knows can play that way without having to kind of you know fiddle about and and re uh, rejig people's methods of play um will be absolutely fine i i still don't see any anything that's worrying me in this side um except for potentially the you know the the lack of uh the lack of goals, but then again, I think that will change from January. Yeah, I, I think you need to pre-season, not just a transfer window. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. January's not going to be. We're not going to be signing players for for money and stuff in January when there's free agents in the summer. I think he wants to get through to January to bring in one or two generals, so to speak, one or two people that are going to kind of shake the squad up. Almost certainly a, a striker, despite probably something that we're going to talk about in a bit, John Akindi's performance. Um, you know, we, he definitely needs bodies. I get the get the sense from Michael Appleton that he works very differently to Danny in terms of squad depth. Um, Danny was very much, you know, we'll, we'll spend as, as much as possible on as few players as possible and hope we don't get injuries. Whereas you listen to Michael Appleton, and I think he said about last night's game, um, we've got some players on the bench chomping at the bit. And then he went, not many mind. And for me, that yeah. makes me think that he wants a bit of a bigger squad. He probably wants 24 senior professionals rather than the like the 13 or whatever it is that we've got at the moment. Um, so, he, you know, he's, he, he, it's like he just said, it's another man's card. Um, you know, the squad is unbalanced. It's not a bad squad, you know, and... I don't want to be misinterpreted and making it look like I'm saying this is a bad squad because it's not. It's a very talented squad. You're quite right. The only thing really that is concerning, we say, is the lack of goals. Now, you know, last year, year before and the year before that, our strength was having goals everywhere. So we didn't yeah. have an out-and-out goal scorer. It's no disrespect to Reedy, who got 15 in the National League winning season. We didn't have a player that looked like they were going to get 20. We didn't really have a player that looked like they deserved to get more 12. But we had five or six players that were going to chip in with six or seven goals. And that was important. This year, Danny Tyler looks like scoring in, in, in league action. I know Big John did a good night last night. Um, and that's where the real issue lies, is Jack Payne, George Grant, Bruno Andrade, Harry Anderson, Joe Morrell. Yeah, they're not chipping in with goals. And I'm not saying those players are bad players because you know, there's been some phenomenal performances. Joe Morrell has been one of the players of the season. I think Bruno has been absolutely phenomenal. I think Jack and George have had patches. You can see the quality that they've got. They're players that really need to start proving their worth in terms of goals and assists. George was brilliant under Danny in terms of assists and goals. He had a phenomenal opening to the season, and now he's just drifted away a little bit. And um, once we get once we get that right, and I, I, I have no reason to suspect we won't, but you know, once one or two mm. of those players start actually hitting the back of the net, we're going to hand out more thrashings to teams. And I know this is uh, yeah, we don't want to segue into last night's game just yet, but you know, that result has been coming. And it will come around again if we keep doing the same things we're doing at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, like you said, we're nearly there, and you can see it. And I think the the thing that I was thinking of was 
you know there's that there's always that thing about you can pick two from three and it will be like fast good and cheap so if you want it done fast it's got to be you know it won't necessarily be good or if you want it done fast and good it won't be cheap if you want it done uh, fast and cheap, it won't be good, that kind of stuff. Okay, you no, I haven't that. heard that, but you know, you've really brought it to life for me. You know what I mean. <laughs> like you, you get three <laughs> things, you say, right, you pick two and you can only pick yeah, two. You okay, can't yeah. have it you can't have it all you your can't own have way. It all, yeah. And at the moment it's like it's like that with us. Like, you know, we want we want to play good football, we want to score goals and we want to do it quickly. So it's like, right, if you want to score goals and you want to do it quickly, we're not necessarily going to play the best football. If you want to do it, you know, if you want to play good football and score goals, it's going to take time. It's it's stuff like that that people need to understand at the minute. And I know I'm fully aware that that's another analogy and that's probably going to send a bunch of people to sleep. But I thought it was actually quite good. Anyway. Oh, I've sent Gary to sleep. Okay, shit. Uh, how do I- so you knew full well that was going to happen. Now, um, I, I disagree a little bit because I think that if, you know, I think if there was a, a quick way to score goals without doing it in an, by playing nice football, I think right now Mike Clapton would do it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a quick way to score goals. Um, I, you know, you all have different approaches and some take time to work. I, I, I kind of see where you're getting at, but it doesn't quite work. You need to go back to analogy school because that's two fails now. Um, but no, I, I understand the premise behind it i can see what you mean you can't have everything all at once if you know if we want to play nice football you've got to wait for it to click whereas if you want to play long ball football back to front um you know it's it's a little bit more direct so another another thrilling part of the podcast done and dusted uh anyway yeah (laughs) oh you're such a prick sometimes (laughs) anyway Anyway, uh, let's move on to, uh, to to last night's game um, in the Leasing.com trophy. I'm going to talk about the cup draw first. It's, sec- it's next on my list. Okay, we'll talk about the cup draw. Um, to be fair, I didn't have a list. I was just talking to you before. Andy went, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, yes, cup draw. Um, we are playing on Sunday the 1st of December at 2pm. Are we? Yes. Yeah, that was confirmed. Uh, I've just checked on, the, on Twitter, actually. Um, what a load of guff that is. Yeah, because uh, obviously with Coventry not having their uh, not having their own ground, they need to go to St Andrews and Birmingham at home that uh, that weekend of the FA Cup. So we need to play on the Sunday. Joy of joys! You know, I didn't even um, I didn't even watch the cup draw. I didn't either, to be honest. I was mainly following it on Twitter. I'd forgotten that it was happening. I can't remember what I was doing. My missus texted me and said, "Coventry, that sounds like a good draw." Um, and I messaged her back and said, no, it's a shit draw. And then I realised that you can't actually say whether something's a good draw or not until after the game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we did say that. <laughs> yeah, we did say that. Uh, a lot of people said that Burnley was a crap draw. Brighton. Ipswich yeah. was a crap draw. Oldham, I thought, was a crap draw at the time. And yet all of those proved to be moments that will live forever in the memory. I thought Wimbledon away was a good draw when we got that. New ground, chance to test ourselves against the League One side I thought we could beat, and we got beat. And you look at Leighton Orient, I bet they, when they got Molden and Tiptree out their hat in the first round, I bet they thought, excellent, that's a good draw. And doesn't look such a good draw now, I've been dumped out. Same with South End at Dover. So a good draw is, you know, in actual fact... You know, 
we will have played at two of the three biggest grounds available in the draw. Um, I think there's only Sunderland that's bigger than than either St Andrews or Portman Road. I might be somebody might correct me on that one and say Fratton Park's bigger. I don't know. So, yeah. you know, is that actually a good draw? Is it actually a good draw to go to big grounds at this at this level? And you know, there's no guarantee we'll go away to Coventry. So, my, my initial reaction was, ah, oh, Jesus. But my reaction, had we got Chichester and got beat, would have been ten times worse. So, yeah. Let's see what happens with the replay. Um, another night at Sinsel Bank where, let's face it, midweek games at Sinsel Bank have actually been quite kind to us in recent years. Um, yeah. I think I said that we we hadn't lost a league game at Sinsel Bank in midweek since before since early Chris Moyes' reign. I think it might even have been oh, Gary yeah, Simpson. I, I, I didn't realise that. That's impressive. Yeah, I think, and I, I'm not going to look and click a mouse in the background now, but I seem to think it was Altrincham in 2015 came and beat us. And I don't think we've lost a home league game since then. Obviously, we've lost a couple of EFL trophy games uh, and we, we've lost to Everton in the Cup. But even some of the games that we have lost, like Everton, uh, have, have, have been big nights. So um, it'll be it's, it's an interesting... Interesting fixture, interesting uh, juxtaposition for our, uh, to to the, the the first game. I didn't buy into that at Portman Road. You know, everyone was going, "Oh, the last time we were here," and blah blah blah. Mm. I didn't buy into it before uh, before the the first round. But now we've got the replay. The parallels are there again, aren't they? You know, it's yeah. it's not just that it's Ipswich and it's in the FA Cup. We've been there when we were expecting, fans were expecting to get rolled over. You know, we played yeah, well, yeah. we took the lead. They fought back in, in circumstances that had us coming away, first of all, thinking a draw was a bad result and only afterwards kind of going, actually, do you know, that's that's a real positive. Yeah, massive, massive parallels. So it's going to be a cracking night. And then if we go to Coventry, we do. If we don't, crack on in the league. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh, I. I'd, I'd almost, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see us go through and, and get, you know, get a plum tie again, get it so that we can have a have a few more quid to spend in January or in the summer or whatever. But um, yeah, obviously, league uh, league status is much more important to us at the moment, which is why clever segue. Um, we, uh, I was going to say, we didn't put that much effort into the, into the leasing.com trophy game, but uh, we actually did, and we nearly did it. We nearly got through. Um, it, it was a, it sounded like a, again, I, I was a, I, I was otherwise engaged last night, but it sounded like it was a hell of a game uh, from what was essentially a second string. Yeah, I think it was... Three players played for us last night who started the game against them, or three players started the game last night who started against them in August, which was um, Harry Anderson, George Grant and Jack Payne. Mm. Uh, We played a lone left back at centre-half. We played somebody who came in as a midfielder at centre-half and, you know, they were up against, let's be honest, a relatively strong Rotherham team. Freddie mm. Ladapo, Dan Barlacer, uh, the fullback Ola Sunday and Matt Smith, uh, or Michael Smith rather, all played against us in, in August. 
Hasty, Jake Hasty and Jamie Lindsay are both first team regulars for them as well, who missed the game against us in August, but have subsequently become first team regulars. I think Lindsay was injured and Hasty was still with Rangers at the time. He played in the Europa League for them. So you're talking over half of their team were with their regular League One outfit. Um, mm. And I, you know, I thought we were excellent. I really did. Mm. I thought um, John had a real fire in his belly in the first half. You know, he, he had a point to prove and he was proving it all over. And when he stepped up to take the penalty, I'd, I've written about it today, but it was just like putting on a comfy pair of slippers. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or it was a bit like when you're a single guy and you have a brief one night stand with you with your ex-girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? That it's all comfortable. You kind of go back and you go, oh, I remember what this was like. And <laughs> not that I ever did that, by the way. I've never, I don't think. Oh, yeah, maybe I have actually. Um, anyway, long while ago now. <laughs> But it was kind of like that. Do you know what I mean? It's that it's that kind of warm feeling of, oh, God, it's like the good old days. Um, and, and then he did something that I don't think we've seen him do for, for, for a long while, and you know, raw power and pace to get the second goal. And to get two goals in the first 11 minutes, we needed to win 4-0. We haven't scored four goals in, in like eight months or something. That might be a bit of an exaggeration. But when you know, you go into it thinking, we're never going to score four goals. Not when you look at Rotherham's team sheet and you see, you know, it's a pretty strong side. Jesus, we could lose this game. Early tune a lot with 11 minutes gone. Being harsh, between 11 minutes and 70 minutes, you know, we should have added a couple more. Certainly in the first half, I thought the first half we, you know, we looked really good. We controlled the tempo of the game. They look like it was a bit of a friendly for them. Dare I say one or two of their players look like they didn't fancy a, an away trip to Accrington or wherever it's going to be in the next round and they were going through the motions. Freddie Ladapo, is he, if he's worth £500,000, right? you want to get Paul Warren on the phone, mate, because you could get a contract because <laughs> I'm sure people will find all different ways to gloss it up, um, but, but I won't. He is shit. Um, and I <laughs> thought, he, you know... Sometimes he's, I was having a chat with, with somebody earlier and sometimes he's got a touch that makes you think, Jesus, he could be Premier League. And then the other hundred times, you know, he may as well be hitting it with a hammer and half, half a million quid. Pfft, my ass. Um, but <laughs> you know, they're both decent centre forwards. Smith as well. He's a yeah, big, strong boy. Connolly and Melbourne were outstanding. Absolutely mm. outstanding. It's just a pity we didn't get the third either in the first half or 10, 15 minutes after the restart, because I think then we would have gone through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it looked like it was, uh, it, it looked like what you said there is, is pretty much bang on in terms of everything that I've heard from, from people that were there or people that were, you know, in and around the, the club and the game. It, it sounded like it was another solid performance and I would quite, I'd, I'll quite happily hold my hands up. And, you know, I think a few podcasts ago I said, I've um I, I remain thoroughly unconvinced by Callum Connolly and since he's moved to centre back he's been fantastic by all accounts. He's he's not been not well seemingly not hardly put a foot wrong. Um and yeah, I've uh, it, it, I doubt he does listen, but I you know, happily apologise on that one because he's uh, I think did he get man of the match last night? I think you got sponsors man of the match. Sponsors man of the match, Tomo's man of the match, and for what it's worth the Stacey West blog man of the match. There you go. You see, that's the most important one right there. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely 100% he's, he's turned it around and he's, you know, from what you've said previously, he seems like he's a more natural centre-back than a central midfielder and he's um, he's definitely showing it. So I'll tell you what, yeah. It's almost like he's... Sorry, go on. Go on. 
I say he, he adds poise and grace to the centre half uh, area, and and for me, you you often need kind of a balance in in that respect. You know, there's the old-fashioned centre half, which is you know the Tomos and the Boswicks, and, and arguably the Shackles, which uh, kick it away, head it away, and if you can't do either of that, kick the player. That sort of centre half. <laughs> but but, but Connolly's a little bit different. I think he's a little bit more cultured. Um, mm. He's got a nice range of passing on him. Uh, he's quite quick, and yeah, he had their centre half sewn up last night. And when you've got a left back by by trade next to you, who's who's played no real senior football in his career. Um, you've got to have a degree of organisational skills as well. I, I, I genuinely, I thought Connolly was outstanding last night, um, and he, you know, it's hard to pick a defender out as man of the match when you've won three nil. And there were some other impressive performances uh, across the field, but that was the one. Connolly was the one where you just, you just knew, you just, he, he's a quality, he's a class act. If he doesn't play regular Championship football at centre half in his career, I'd be very, very surprised. Wow. Okay, um, and then of course the other the other surprise. Let's I, I'll call it a surprise because I was it took me a little bit by uh, by surprise was when they announced in the uh, in the starting eleven that Ben Coker was going to start, um, and it seems like it was almost a, a kind of a typical first game back after a long term injury. You know, it, it was solid but unremarkable. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm not going to talk down about um, his performance or Lee Frecklington's. Um, because I think oh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't no, 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 I, I wasn't talking down about no, it. No, no, yeah. I know you weren't. I'm, I'm not going to critique either of their performances because I think um, one thing the EFL Trophy, which gets absolutely panned by by a lot of fans, one thing that it does do is it it gives you an opportunity to get minutes under the belt of players that you would never dream of putting into a league match. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that describes Coker and Lee Frecklington. Neither of them gave the sort of performance that they, they would expect to give when they're at the top of their game. But that's not entirely relevant, I don't think, at this stage. Um, you know, yeah. For Ben Coker to be back on the grass over a year after last after picking up his injury was mm. was huge for him on a personal level. And listening to the, the Hope and Glory podcast, you could just, for me, I already like this lad. And he did yeah. nothing in a Lincoln shirt last night to justify me uh, liking him as a player. And that's not, you know, that's not a criticism. That's a fact of somebody that hasn't played professional football for a year. Um, mm. But he's got this enthusiasm. He's got this personality about him that, yeah, it's almost infectious. I mean, I, I heard after the game, and I wasn't in the press box last night, but I heard after the game, Mark Wiley said to him, uh, so how have you settled in Lincoln? And apparently his answer, and, and I'll try and do the accent, is oh, I've settled like snow, mate. And I just, <laughs> do you know what? I kind, of, I kind of think I don't know. This it's not about Ben Coker. That I, I hope yeah. that he progresses. What's really interesting is listening to him talk about his injury, because it, well, have you seen the, um, the 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 bits on the BBC website about it? No, that's not where I'm going um, with it. Well, no, I was, I was going to say, like, it's it's interesting to watch that because I think um, it, there's a there's a big thing about when he was at Southend and when he got the injury and all that, and it was I think it was called coming back, it was like oh, a three or four part. Yeah, I, I haven't watched all the parts, but yeah, because he was he was on the pitch when they stayed up, wasn't he, at the end of the year? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, and getting you know from that, getting the enthusiasm, getting the. Uh, getting his his personality through on that it's it's fantastic like he seems like a really nice guy um what well, the point i was going to make was the 
the actual fact of the injury that kept him out for so long isn't the injury that's kept him out for the last month or two. Um, okay. Under, I don't know if you, you caught it, but under uh, Danny and Nicky, apparently picked up another injury at the beginning of the season as he closed in on full fitness. And it's been that that has then subsequently kept him out of action until now. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. No, well, nobody did because obviously, and, and rightly or wrongly, and you know, it's, that's up for others to decide. Danny never really wanted to discuss injuries. You know, you never knew who was injured and who wasn't, and you never knew how serious the injury was or wasn't. You know, we were all expecting Tom Pett to be back in the first week or two. Do you mm. know what I mean? You, you Sometimes you were wondering if Michael O'Connor would ever play again. So it was always very close to the chest, whereas I think Michael Appleton is a lot more open. You know, if someone's injured, he'll tell you they're injured. And I don't think Ben Coker would have been allowed to have come out uh, and speak so openly about what's kept him out for so long. Um, so mm. I, uh, I found that interesting. But, that, you know, both him and Lee Frecklington, whether they would will be per regular first teamers this year or not is irrelevant. Um, having more bodies around the squad and more options when you know, games do start being rearranged or there, there may be a fixture pile-up depending on the weather because, you know, there's a lot of rain coming. Um, mm. You know, that's, that's going to be, it's going to be crucial for the for the squad. Certainly with them both being, you know, Ben Coker being such a positive, bouncy character and Lee being you know, such an experienced and important dressing room figure, to have them both back on the grass is, is, is superb. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, shall we shall we move on to Gillingham then? And, yes. Um, yep. So obviously, weekend away again. Um, we will be visiting one of our favourite managers, <sighs> and that's a lie. Um, but yes, we will be we'll be heading up to Gillingham. Down to Gillingham. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. What what do we reckon? I mean. Is is it going to be another one of those cagey performances? Is it going to be another one of those where we're we're getting to the point where, like you say, we're getting closer every week? Do we do we think this might be the week that things really start to click, or, or what? You would hope so. Um, yeah, I kind of look at Gillingham and I find I find it hard to like anything about them, and that's not because of of Evans. Um, you know, chops and changes all the time. So four four two against Tottenham's kids, four three one two against Rotherham, four two three one against Accrington, four five one against Portsmouth. There's no clear way of playing. Um, they concede in terms of XG. Uh, they 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 have a much poorer XG than their opponents, one point one six to one point five six in terms of goals scored. Uh, it's the same. Um, they do marginally do better. Than, than their XG suggests in scoring, and they do marginally defend better than their XG suggests in, in, in um, conceding. So they're probably slightly outperforming at the moment. And when you look at where they are, that's that's not a particularly good place to be. Uh, their last home game in the league, they were pumped 3-0 by, oddly, <laughs> funny how these things work out, by Rotherham. Um and, you know, this was a Rotherham side that, that started with Smith up front uh, again. So the same centre forward that played last night. They had Jamie Lindsay in the midfield. Um, so it's, you know, they even ended with Freddie Ladapo. So I don't want to be bold. I never, and I always err on the side of caution now when it comes to trying to say how I think we'll do because I, 
you know, I, I always have Danny's voice in my head still saying never too high, never too low. And, you know, I don't want to come off the back of a 3-0 win against Rotherham going, yeah, let's go, bring it on, bastards. <laughs> Gillingham, let's have Liverpool. Um, but I think two weeks ago, I marked this one down as a game that I thought we could go and win. I've seen nothing since, despite them going and drawing one all with Sunderland. You know, I, I see them as very much a, a kind of a negative side. Um I know Jack Jack Mulhall turn off now, but let me just talk XG for a second again. Okay. So as we know, XG is expected goals. It's all about the chances that you get into to create. Gillingham beat Spurs kids 2-0 last night. They got 0.55 XG, which is terrible, and they scored twice. Against Rotherham, 0.44. Against Accrington, 0.7. Back down against Portsmouth at home, 0.18. That's worse than we had when we played Shrewsbury. Uh, and, and you know we were that night wasn't particularly particularly pretty to watch. Um, mm. In terms of their players, uh, they've got Mikkel Mandron plays up top. You know didn't really do it at Colchester last year. Um, you know I look I look through their squad. Mark Marshall's not a bad lad who plays um, uh, plays uh, wide right. I think for them he was at um, Charlton. But they've just got that Steve Evans thing. You know, he signs players and doesn't play them. He signed Matty Willock from Crawley, was bigging him up in pre-season. Kids hardly kicked a ball. Could have told him that. Could have told him he was shite. Watched him at Crawley last year. St Mirren binned him off after six months. And yet, yet Evans bullying him up. Ten years ago, maybe that worked, but not now. This this is a game that I will... I don't, I'm going to put my neck on a block here. I'll be disappointed if we don't win it given how we're playing and how they're playing. Yeah, I think um I think for me it is it, it is primarily about about Evans. I, I it's I think I I just I I hate him. I I just I, I'm not alone in that and I know I'm not alone in that, but he is just the most odious little shit that I have ever known. Well, little stretching in. it. <laughs> I mean little in terms of Actually, nothing. No, I've got, I've got nothing on that one. Um, he, yeah, I, I, I cannot, I cannot stand him at all. And I just, it really irritates me when we get to a point where you know we're we're playing one of his teams and he gets something. He just gets a little something that he can hold over it. Like um, when was it last season? Was it last season? Was it Mansfield? No, it's Flitcroft last season. Yeah, uh, Evans was the year before. Yes, it was. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Um, but it was when, you know, when he came up and was giving it the big I am at the end of the game and then uh, offered out Danny and Nicky and and all the rest of it and then had the balls to sit there in the in the post-match interview and just go, oh, I'd just like to credit Lincoln. I'd like to say what a wonderful team they are and what a great bunch of fans they've got. I was like, Steve, you're not fooling anyone, mate. Off your boat. Oh, you know, off you go. Um, I was going to say on your bike, but then I realised you probably wouldn't, probably not seen his bike in about seventeen years. Might have one of those um, mobility bikes, like mobility scooters, <laughs> you know, with the clear plastic hood that comes over the front. I've got a cousin who um, who I don't speak to uh, at all, and he's got one of those mobility scooters. And you see him riding around rugby on it, and every time I drive through rugby, I see him on it. I just think, what? You know what I mean? You're not eighty. You see him at Skegness, mobility scooter heaven. You know, I once went to Skegness, no word of a lie, right? I saw this guy on a mobility scooter, size of Steve Evans, slippers on, but feet bursting out the top of the slippers, you know, the type that I'm talking about, like with, with red yeah, yeah. welts on them and things like that. 
and no word of a line. You can ask my missus this, and she she never never tells porkies. He had a plank attached to the front with his dog stood on it, with his dog on a lead. So his dog wasn't walking. He was there like the figurehead of a ship. And on the back, oh he had another plank with handles, and he had his fucking missus hanging on the handles at the back, and they were all going along on this mobility scooter. I bet Steve Evans has got one of them. <laughs> have you heard? With, have you heard? With a, big, with a big pile of, like, stickers of former clubs that he can't be asked to take off, he just puts a new one over the top of it. <laughs> it's about three inches wide off the back. And a brown paper bag dispenser. Um, <laughs> have you heard Richard Cresswell on the Under the Cosh podcast? No, I he haven't. He tells a brilliant story about Steve Evans which I may have told on here before, but apparently on the Rotherham team coach, so and Lee Frecklington might know whether this is true or not, apparently an unwritten rule on the team coach is that you never use the toilet for anything other than a wee. Right. And apparently they went to this away game and they were staying in a hotel. And half the way down the motorway, apparently Evans went waddling up and squeezed himself in this little toilet. Well, you can, you know, he's a big fella and their little toilets, I struggle. And apparently he was in there about 25, 30 minutes. And this smell just began to come out of the, the toilet and just oh, resonated God. all the way down the coach. And apparently Evans then, without blinking or anything, opened the door to the toilet, came out, and he had got shit all up the back of his trousers, up the back of oh, his suit, on his shirt. And apparently he never said a word. He just went back down, sat down at the front of the bus, and when they came down for dinner, he'd been and got changed and put his tracksuit on. <laughs> oh, I hope that's true. Listen to it. Listen to uh, Search Under the Cosh. It's uh, the John Parkin podcast and uh, Chris Brown. It's absolutely brilliant. It really is. Richard Cresswell, he tells another one that he went round to Steve Evans' house and apparently at home he's like Rab C. Nesbitt lazing around in a big string, uh, white string vest. See, I can imagine that. Well, yeah, I can... I can. I don't want to picture it, but I, I can just think that that's exactly how we'd be at home. I can smell that bus now. <laughs> my dog nearby. My dog fired. I can smell it. It's imagery. That's how it conjures up strong imagery. And I know we shouldn't recommend other podcasts other than the Hope and Glory one, but Under the Cosh is brilliant. Jeff Horsfield is uh, this week, and I'm told that there's a story about Lincoln on it. So I'm looking forward to that. I've just listened to the Kevin Campbell one. Um, genuinely podcast listeners if you like honest football stories uh from from real characters under the cosh is is a phenomenal listen excellent and you I get to uh, listen to the richard Cresswell one man yeah honestly because it'll make you feel sick <laughs> that's a really strange recommendation i know i think he scored on his debut against against us which is quite good. And the Dean Win Dean Windass, he has a pop at uh, John Finnegan. He claims that he got John Finnegan sent off at um, Sinsel Bank. Some great, oh, okay. great stories on there. Yeah, awesome. I'll have to have a look. But uh, what were we talking about anyway? So, <laughs> we were talking about the Gillingham game. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I think if we uh, if we carry on going the way we have been, um, it. it like we said earlier, it's, it's got to click. Something's got to click and something's got to, at some point, you've, you've said it, Some a, a team's going to get a hammer in. It has clicked. Uh, it's clicked yeah. the way we play. I, we haven't, we've had, what, two bad games under Michael Appleton? Shrewsbury mm. at home and what's the other one? 
can't even think of it now. First Oxford? ten, no, because he won manager. Of course, um, he wasn't. No, first half, first twenty minutes, maybe against Blackpool. I don't know, but we haven't played badly at all under my club. Some people might tell you we did at Portsmouth, but we haven't. We've played nice football. Mm. We get it. We don't move it from side to side quite as much as we did under Danny and Nicky. I think we're a little bit more direct in our passing, uh, but that's not in terms of long ball. We try and move it forward quicker. And it's quite funny because Michael said that he didn't want us to force chances when he first came in. But I think that we get the ball forward quicker and then, you know, we, we, we're kind of playing it around a little bit in further up the field than we were doing. Uh, we're not a bad side, Ben. We're really not. No, no, no. It's Yeah, I think we're going to... I think it's, it's going to be... It's going to be another tight game, but I don't think it's going to be cagey. I don't think it's going to be... Um, you know, I don't think we're going to be anxious about getting forward because, like you say, it, it's getting to the point where we we know how we're playing, um, and the, the guys know what's going on. So uh, here's hoping it's uh, it all works out. Right. Uh, anything else to say on Gillingham, or shall we uh, shall we wrap up? Forty three minutes, and we spoke about three games and a cup draw. Well, we did say that we were going to try and. Uh, Try and blast through it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll do. Um, I'll probably do a bit more of a preview because I don't normally do a preview on the blog. Uh, I normally save it for for this. But I'll, you know, there are a couple of players that I I want to point out from Gillingham that might cause us a problem. There's one we mentioned off air, which is Ollie Lee. Um, mm-hmm. He's Rob Lee's son. He was at Luton, played for Hearts as well. Might be a handful. Mandron is somebody that I, I actually quite like as a striker, although he's he's not ever lived up to to that billing um so i'll i'll do an, a little bit more of an in-depth preview of gillingham if i if i get time so cool. I, d- I don't have an awful lot more to talk about i don't think we play midweek next week oh of course we do <laughs> yes well, we do but we'll do a preview for that beforehand i think we're going to try and get together either saturday uh, either sunday or monday to get that one recorded yeah yeah it yeah, sounds good and then we can wrap up gillingham preview Ipswich, and then obviously you're busy on Tuesday night, and I am as well because yeah. I turned forty again. Yes, I'm not getting any older, so that's Tuesday. Wednesday we can't <laughs> record because there's something on at Sinsel Bank. I can't wait. I, I just want to get back to Sinsel Bank and watch football. Like the last time I was there, I was watching things explode in the sky. So I, I was I was really enjoying that, and it was a really good night. But I just want to watch some football. I want to get back to my seat. I want to sit there. I want have a pint beforehand. And have a sausage roll at half time, and then that's it. Do we know when the oh. tickets are on sale? Uh, they are on sale now, I do believe. They're either now or tomorrow morning. Okay, I better because I want to sit in my seat. I don't want some, some yeah, Johnny come it's... lately putting his ass where my ass belongs. They're, they're definitely on sale by the time the podcast goes out. Let's just have it, let's put it that way. Cool, so, that's good then. Which will be at 12 o'clock, Gary, just Thank so you, you know. Yeah. As it always is every week. Yeah, I know. I don't get. I don't get time. I work hard, Ben. I work hard. So do I. Yeah. Anyway, no. anything you need to plug? Yeah, obviously. Um, football support. <laughs> football support. Gary stuff. Yeah, no, no. Football supporters association. The the awards we spoke about last week. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit more gemmed up on it now. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, as I said, uh, Stacey West uh, site has been selected as as one of the six sites in the fans media category and i do need your votes uh if possible please um there's a there's a, a 
post on my site, which I'll pin to the top, uh, which just outlines how to vote. And I'll probably be ramming it down your throat at every opportunity I can on the blog as well. So you, you'll find a way on there. Um, won't win. Anfield Rap or, or the Ask Blog will win. But that doesn't mean don't vote for me uh, because, you know, you never know, dear. You just Absolutely. never know. Um, but the awards ceremony is on December the 7th. It's being held at the Tower of London. Um, oh, wow. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's the real deal, this. I'm told that they are expecting some of the players who were voted, who were selected in the Player of the Year category to be there. So, you know, Mane might be there. Van Dijk might be there. Um, whoever the other four are might be there. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty big. So I'm actually... Um, I'm taking my brother with me. Uh obviously he supported me quite a bit in the uh, the early days. And we've I've not actually been out with my brother and without family and everything like that, I don't think, since two thousand and eleven. So um you know it's gonna So you're gonna be hitting the town pretty hard. No, well, funnily enough, <laughs> my brother is vegan. But he's vegan uh, as a health choice, not as a uh, because he, you know, he thinks it's cruel. So basically, he, he, he does weights. He's, he's not a bodybuilder as such, but he um, he does mixed martial arts and that sort of stuff. And uh, okay. he, he discovered that plant based diet was was being advocated by a lot of people. He, I'll be honest, my brother's a stubborn little bugger, and <laughs> he used to argue with vegans all the time because none of them could give him any compelling reason why they didn't eat meat because they'd talk about animal cruelty, but he'd always managed to bring it round and kind of talk about food chain. And then somebody once put the argument in front of him that, well, it's better for you. A lot of these bodybuilders do it. And so just to be stubborn, he went, oh yeah, isn't it? Right. I'm going to be vegan then. And of course everyone went, well, you vegan, Jesus, you're having a laugh on you. And he did it. And so when I got the invites sorted and secure, I said to him, oh, I'll uh, I'll email the FSA and tell them about your dietary requirements. And I got an email back, excuse the language, saying, fuck that. I'm going to need meat to soak up all the beer that I haven't drunk in the last five years. <laughs> so Fair enough. He's a parent. Wow. We won't be going mad, but it'll be nice to be nice to go down there and uh, and just, just soak up the atmosphere. And uh, what I am going to say is that uh, if the blogging awards come around this year, and the Stacey West is nominated, uh, I am going to uh, decline the nomination for the site uh, and encourage everybody instead to vote for the podcast. Oh, very nice. Well, I think that the podcast is a part of the site, uh, and I think with the blogging awards, there's more chance of us winning something in the podcast era. <laughs> because, you know, well, you are, you know, these awards are brilliant because I've been, we have been hand-selected uh, six yeah. blogs have been selected. Blogging awards are a popularity contest. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I've lost, it's been to Spurs or it's been to some, do you know what I mean? It's been, there's been massive teams in the category. Um, yeah. Whereas I think club podcast, I think the, the blogging awards tend to do it lower league and upper league or something. So we'll, we'll have a look, but we'll, if we, if we got nominated, um, if we got nominated, then I think we, we look at doing it tactically so that finally uh, we can put something on our mantelpieces because, you know, this is the fourth awards that the blog's been to. And do you know what? I've loved every single one of the last three, even though I've never felt I'm going to win. But I think this FSA one is 
is a cut above. So please, just to, in a roundabout way, please, please vote. Get your mum to vote, your dad to vote, your workplace to vote. I'm even going to try the Priory Academies. I, I, I might email them and see if they can get every single child in the academy to vote as a... Uh... <laughs> I've never said this before. I want to win. Oh, I've never well, said that. I've never said that. The blogging awards have always gone, oh, you know, it's about the taking part. And this one is actually the honour is being selected, but I just bloody love to win it. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. It'd be like winning the bloody lottery, but without the financial reward. <laughs> you know, the biggest thing about winning the lottery. Yeah. But I, I, in terms of, you know, probabilities <laughs> thing. yeah because fee said to me because well, well how many followers then do you have compared to the anfield rap on twitter and i looked at mine it's three thousand nine hundred ish i looked at the anfield rap and it's two hundred forty six thousand. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. but yeah that's my only plug i don't think there's a great amount else for me to plug what about you no no no, that's. I, I don't think we've got anything to to plug this week. I just want to say um, that I'm, I'm sure both of us will will agree that uh, uh, you know we're we're all thinking of uh, of Kev, Emma, and Casey at the minute, um, and it's it's a horrible situation that's happened there, and uh, you know it's it's difficult to find words that can help people out, but yeah, we're just thinking of everyone there at the moment, um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you guys soon. Although I didn't know his name was Kev. <laughs> yes yes his name is kev mm-hmm. there you go so um right um but yes that is going to do us for this week's podcast guys we will see you next week um as i say we may have two podcasts we're definitely going to have one up before the midweek game um and then we'll possibly have a review up discussing that and the saturday game but we will we'll see either way we'll see how it goes all right guys we'll see you next week take care bye bye The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.